Hello and welcome to the Galactic Court Podcast. My name is Chef and I'm your host as each week I discuss the latest TV episodes, films, games and whatever else takes my fancy from the worlds of Star Wars, Marvel, DC and anything else nerdy and geeky in between. If this is the first time that you found us, then please do give us a follow on our social media pages. You'll find us on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, YouTube, and also Twitch, where I do, not always successfully, but I do try and game a couple of times a week. You can find all the links in the episode description, uh, and please make sure that you're giving the show a like, a follow, and a review on whichever platform it is that you listen or watch on. It really does mean the world to hear that you are liking and enjoying the show. Right now, we're going to get straight into the main event. So please sit back, relax, and enjoy this week's episode. Welcome to this week's episode. I am really excited to be back talking, of course, about Star Wars. Everyone knows my favourite thing on the planet. And uh, we're going to be talking about episode four of Ahsoka. And this show has been ramping up, getting a lot of coverage online and a lot of opinions out there. And I know I've got a great guest on today who is going to be putting forward her opinions on the show. And it's returning guest. I'm always lucky when a guest wants to come back on the show. And it's been a minute since we've had her on. We had her back on, I think it was around about episode five of my show, uh, where we covered Star Wars Visions Volume 2, um, which was, to be fair, one of my most listened to episodes. It's up in the top three. Um, so I am really happy to be having her back. She's got her own little show, which she um, which she just takes her time doing when she wants to, Falkland Broadcast, and she's got an incredibly popular social media page, Ahsoka X Tano. She is the person to go to in all things animated, so who better to get in and come and talk about animated characters in live action than my good friend from the Ahsoka X Tano social media page, it is Michelle. Oh my gosh, what a lovely intro. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Andy. You're so sweet. Um, I'm so excited to be here again. I... I've done a number of shows and I have told many people um, since coming to your show the first time that you were one of my favorite thing, mm. you know, podcasts to be on and like things to do. So um, thank you for having me again. I'm very excited to talk, to talk about which for me would be last night's episode. And I've been just thinking all about it. So I'm, I'm excited to dig in with you and get your thoughts as well. <laughs> Absolutely. Let's um well, let's jump in to be fair in terms of um what's been going on. So Ahsoka's been a long time coming. It took a you know a couple of years to get to us from when it was announced. So what was your anticipation for the show before it started? Obviously we had some trailers drops. I don't know what you're like with trailers nowadays, but I tend to watch like the mm. very first trailer that comes out and then I tend to try and watch nothing else after it because they tend to throw a lot into the trailers nowadays. There are a few spoilers in the T V spots and things like that. So Yeah. I tend to watch the first one and then I'm done. But what was your anticipation level coming into this show? Yeah. I definitely knew that it was going to be like a lot like here we're bringing in ahsoka who's already this legacy character who we've seen in live action a couple times um we know that the show is like situated within what people are calling the mandoverse it's like that in and of itself has its implications and then obviously then to bring in all these other characters from rebels i'll never forget those reveals i think 
and, and naturally, we'll all never forget Rosario's casting being a fan casting turned yeah. into a leak, major leak, mm. months and months in advance, turned into materializing on screen. So basically, I just feel like there were so many moving pieces surrounding the show to begin with. Um, and like, Rebels is such a huge part of my Star Wars fandom and like the piece of Star Wars that I love so much. So much of it is that is Rebels and those characters <laughs> and that story from animation. So I, I've been optimistic. I guess I should say I've been cautiously optimistic. Um, there are things about Rosario's depiction of Ahsoka that I'm not a huge fan of, and I don't think that's a ding on Rosario's portrayal. That's like the writing of the character, and that's who the creators of Ahsoka in this time are take. That's where they're taking the character specifically her more um stoicism and her i don't want to say coldness but to <laughs> me it's cold and i don't love that about the character as obviously as someone who's been a fan of the character for so many years like i'm very particular i guess and almost in some ways protective so all that i'm rambling now but i guess <laughs> specifically with you know the trailer and things i watched the trailer I I specifically read the reveal. I guess it would have been the celebration trailer from London, where we first actually got the glimpse. I think yeah. of Hera and Sabine and the ghosts and everything. So that was crazy to read about that because <laughs> I think we, you know, heard and whis heard whispers, and then it obviously came to fruition. So that was nuts. I do think I saw. It. Well, you know, I mean, to your point, people there a lot is revealed in the trailers, and I also think that. Star Wars fans, we get really excited about stuff, and we're in the, the golden age of the internet, so I didn't intend to see leaks from the Celebration, like, exclusive in-room stuff, but I did anyway. Like, I, I couldn't avoid it um, while I was scrolling on social, so, yeah, it's been a journey. <laughs> I, um, I agree with you, though. I think that too much has been put into the trailers. Um, we now have gotten... At this point, seeing episode four, we've gotten the Hayden reveal. Um, I'm not sure if you're aware, but they used new Hayden dialogue, aka what we've gotten so far. <laughs> they've got they put that in one of the teasers, and oh, really? yeah. So, and of of course, also another leak like was Hayden even coming back from the show? I think Rosario herself posted about it, and then. Everyone was like, oh, I don't think she was supposed to do that. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Basically, I have watched the trailers intentionally and unintentionally seen tons of other stuff. You know, just as it's come yeah. about. Yeah. <laughs> I think what's maybe interesting is that we're halfway through this, obviously, series now. Episode mm -hmm. 4 just gone. Oh my God, you're right. And from what... <laughs> yeah. And from what I can tell having watched back maybe the first trailer and, and I've, I've, I have now watched a couple of the teasers since the show's mm. come out, just a lot of the footage has been from this first half of the series. So with the exception of, of obviously the reveal of, of blue Elon Musk looking Thrawn, um, <laughs> yeah. you know, pretty much everything has been all clips from the first half of the series. So mm -hmm. they've kept maybe everything back for the second half. A little bit disappointing maybe if they use that dialogue from, from Anakin in this episode to go into the teaser trailer, but 
you know, at least it maybe wasn't more revealing stuff. We, we kind of knew he was going to be back, I think, anyway, didn't we? So <clears throat> maybe it wasn't too too upsetting to use that foot, <clears throat> excuse mm-hmm. me, that voice footage. If it's just you know for, from a sentence or two, because who knows how much. Obviously, we're going to get a lot more dialogue, hopefully, in the next episode right. between the two of them. So, obviously, hopefully, yeah. they didn't spoil too much from that. But um, yeah. but then, obviously, before this week's episode, then, how have you been viewing the three episodes before it? And I want to get your thoughts as well on the transition of the, the animated to live action yeah. crossover yeah. of these characters. Um, well, I sort of start, touched on it a little bit with Soka, but um, I'm not loving it. It's I'm so protective. I don't want to say it's not. They're not. They're not even my characters <laughs> to own, so I can't even say that I'm protective. But I feel like I know these characters really well. I've seen mm. Rebels and the animated stuff a gazillion times. Can memorize some of it, you know, like the back of my hand. It just feels like a very different take. And I guess one of the things that I really pay attention to with any story like is the story for me i pay like i know i have a couple friends who are like they're so cute and they'll do like posts and stuff about like the visuals in star wars or they're like like the film you can tell they're the filmmakers like (laughs) they're thinking about you know um being directors of photography and all this stuff cinematographers but for me i pay so closely attention to the character Mm. and story and i don't really understand why there's a rift between ahsoka and sabine i don't like that for me it doesn't feel natural like ahsoka is not someone to butt heads with anyone and sabine doesn't feel like herself to me um particularly let's speak on like her big decision here in episode four um to hand over the map to um Balin and go with them that felt so out of character like i i don't believe that sabine from rebels would make that decision mm. um but again that ties into like the whole arc that they're doing you know he's quest he's saying to her like you don't have any f- you have no f- you have no one left you have no family like, yes, she does. Like, <laughs> the ghost crew is her family. Ahsoka is her family. <laughs> Granted, I know in that moment, Ahsoka just went over the cliff. Whatever. And, like, Hera didn't show up. I, you know, so, like, Kanan's dead. Zeb's off. Who, who knows where? If you really want to get technical about it, currently in that moment, no one that she cares about is left. Because she is standing there with a the map by herself. But I, I don't know. I just... um I to me I think they could have simplified things a lot with the show if they didn't have Ahsoka and Sabine butting heads like if they had a common goal finding Ezra and I think it wouldn't like I'm finding it overcomplicated a little bit having this rift between them but then also having Sabine sort of be this past tense Padawan Mm. there's a lot going on right there like just between the two of them but then you've also got you know the overarching narrative, which is where they need to go find Ezra, and then there's this map and Thrawn, and then you have Hera and Jason coming in occasionally. Um, I obviously know this story very well, and I'm finding it overcomplicated. And I have people in my life that have never seen the animated stuff. And it's funny because every week my boss at work goes, Michelle, 
like who are these characters that they're talking <laughs> about i'm like i wish i could like project the knowledge in my brain into you the four <laughs> seasons worth of rebels i'm like i know you don't care about them my boss doesn't know who ezra is my boss doesn't know who thrawn is and they don't care about those characters so it's sort of confusing um I could probably go off more, but maybe I guess I'll stay. I'll stay with that and just say that, like, currently I'm lo I'm not loving like specifically the the character personalities of like Sabine and Ahsoka from animation into live action specifically. Mm. Yeah. Well, let's so. let's dive into Sabine a little bit more because I I have found this interesting in terms of mm. yeah, as you said, this dynamic between her and Ahsoka, and then just her general attitude and and actions in general. Yeah. Um. Uh, we'll get on to Hera in a bit, because to be fair, Hera's been my least favourite in terms of the switch from animation to live action. It hasn't really felt like Hera to me, but nah. with, with Sabine, what's been interesting here is I don't see why Hera and Ahsoka would be that close originally, because Ahsoka, while um, she played, obviously, she dipped in and out of seasons one and two of Rebels, she wasn't necessarily close with everyone. She maybe was a bit closer with Kanan and Ezra because they were Jedi, mm. um, but to the others, she didn't really seem to be that, that close with she dipped in and out and you know from season end of season two and one with she's she's not there so when she comes back and and her and and ahsoka just uh, uh, sabine and ahsoka so decide they're going to partner up you know they're going to yeah. find thrawn and ezra that to me is the start of where their friendship begins they've been forced together maybe by the fact that they they are connected by other people rather than they're connected to each other mm. sure um and if she's taken on, if Ahsoka's taken on Sabine as a Padawan, because I'm still under this impression that Sabine is not force sensitive, and this whole yeah, Jedi training yeah. thing is there to make her more intuitive with the way that she reacts to things, to be a mm. more balanced person, to be more like a Jedi in the way that she thinks and the way that she reacts to things, because we all know she's a hot-headed Mandalorian. Right. So if you're training her, you know, to to be a better person, to be more selfless, to be more centered and balanced within herself, then that's that's fine. And they've obviously struggled with this in their relationship. It seems anyway, from what we can infer. Mm. And this is partly why I think Ahsoka has walked away. And then and then they come back together. And obviously Sabine's still a bit. I think the impression that she gives that she's still pissed off that Ahsoka walked away, even if she's willing to be her her padawan again. And then it just strikes that um, that Ahsoka, I think, doesn't still really trust her that much. Because at the end of the day, Sabine is, by my calculation anyway, she should be around 30 or early 30s now in terms mm. of age. Mm. Um, you know, it's been 10 odd years since Rebels ended. She, she would have been, what, around the 20, early 20s mark at that point. So add 10 years on. She should be a bit more of a mature person now, despite the fact that all Mandalorians are a bit hot-headed, regardless of their age, it seems. But her decisions in terms of stealing the map at the start, um, in, the, in like the first episode or two, um, rushing off to fight when she's been rusty and getting herself stabbed, and then her actions in this episode, and the fact that, you know, like you said, she's got people like Hera out there that she knows her family in Zeb. And yeah, you know, the big we obviously do get that reveal that her family died. I assumed they probably died in the Night of a Thousand Tears when obviously the Empire bombed Mandalore, but it seems that something yeah. happened maybe after that yeah. that has caused them to die. But again, her actions in this episode in terms of handing over the map, yeah, I don't believe Rebels are so cool. uh, Rebels have been, would have done that. And she just seems to be acting full of selfish intent to, to mm. me. And it doesn't really put her in the best light right now. Those are all really interesting thoughts. And here's what I'm going to say to that. 
everything that you just described to me feels like an assumption about what happened off screen Mm. and the time period that we are not seeing. And thus is the flaw with this show to begin with for me. Why does it exist where it does? Like, why are we even seeing this? I am going to bring up the argument that I have always believed, which is that we should not even have this show. To me, we should have always been given a Rebel sequel, like in animation form. Mm. And I think, because I love what I, this is why I like was so excited to come and talk to you because like I knew that getting out of my own head would see things in a different way and like everything you were describing about like Sabine's Jedi training I think that's so fascinating and I wish that that was better conveyed on screen I think the dialogue is not conveying that like it's just choppy and and Mm. wooden and Ahsoka (laughs) can be such a good mentor like and and convey that to, to Sabine and say hey like I know that we've had our differences like but I'm coming to you now because I need you to help me. Like, we have to stop Thrawn, and there's a chance we might be able to save Ezra. I want you to pick up your training again. Like, I'm not asking that you, like, become a Jedi, but, like, here's all the things it could do for you. I don't know. Do you get what I'm saying? Like, I just don't think... I think everything you're describing sounds great, genuinely. (laughs) I do. But I I wish that that came across, because that's... You know, I was left here sort of sitting like, I don't understand why they don't like each other. Like, you know, but I can see, I, I can imagine why if we have been, if we have been given a little bit more insight into that. Um, yeah. Yeah. No, I certainly understand where you're coming from. Even if we'd had like, you know, like they've done for other projects where we've had a, a prequel novel to the sure. situation. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> and if that had covered a little bit of their time together beforehand or covered you know, the the bit where Ahsoka decides to walk away from it to give a little mm. bit more context to that particular relationship. That, I think, right. would, have, would have been a lot better as well. Mm. Um, but yeah, it just seems that Ahsoka doesn't fully trust her either. Yeah. Um, gives me several times in this episode, she questions her. She's like, you know, should I be worried about you? And she's like, obviously not. Um, and then she's like, you know, can I count on you to do what needs to be done and put mm. the greater good above your personal feelings, which obviously she, in the end, she doesn't do. <laughs> right. And, um, uh, and she, and she keeps telling her that she, Sabine keeps telling her that she can trust her and that she will do what's necessary. And then she doesn't, she does the complete fucking opposite. Right. Um, right, right, right. <laughs> which is, um, which is classic to be fair. Mm. Let's, let's face it, isn't it? It's, it's, yeah. it's a, tr- it's a well-played trope over the yeah. years. So, um, yes, of course you can trust me. Oh no, here's, I'm doing the complete opposite now. <laughs> but then so, faced yeah. with that decision. <laughs> Yeah. Exactly. Um, so, what's I think what's interesting about this episode? Let's just talk quickly about um, a particular mm. character, Marok, the Inquisitor. <laughs> um, yeah. The theories have been running oh wild over this series about who this Inquisitor was. Was it Ezra? Was it Star Killer? Um, you know, who uh, was yeah. this dude? Because um, obviously the only info we'd ever been given was that he was you know, one of the last Inquisitors left over um, and he'd become a mercenary. Mm-hmm. So everyone's waiting for this huge reveal. I've heard so many podcasts running riot with this with the theories about who he was yeah. and who they wanted him to be. And then we get what is quite a prevalent theme, I think, in this series mm-hmm. as well. It's going back to maybe the more classic Star Wars themes of with its Eastern influence, especially in the lightsaber battles. Yeah. Um, and we get that here again with sort of very remin- uh, reminiscent, sorry, of Obi-Wan and Maul from Rebels. 
yeah. in terms yes. of like the standoff yeah. mm-hmm. and going at it. And and then obviously the final striking blow when when Ahsoka sort of kills him. And then this like dark green dust just <laughs> flies out of him out of nowhere. Um, so the theory is going to start running rampant again. But obviously this seems to be the favorite money on that he was maybe I'm, uh, uh, under magic influence from the from the from the night sister. Yeah, it's a pretty cool theory. Um, I quite like that he's not a previous character, as mm. we've got enough of them in the show currently. Um, but also, it's a classic. Like, this <laughs> is a classic. Like, Star Wars fans are clowns situation. <laughs> um, like. Between all the Snoke theories from back in the day, like <laughs> I just felt like I was staring, like like I was like, is it 2017? Are we, <laughs> are we talking about Snoke? Um, yeah, I I think to be honest with you, I always just assumed he was nobody. I I had that in my well, I kind of not to toot my own horn, but I had that same theory about Snoke too. I was like, there's no way he's a previous character. Um, and I had I was I was leaning that way with um Maroc too, just because um. Like I think there was a Funko Pop or something that was released for him, and like it just says Morocco on it. So I was yeah. like, I doubt that they would have him be some sort of reveal to a previous character if they were, you know, making merch with his name on it. But that was at least my opinion. Um, yes, the, the the theory though about him being like animated with like Night Sister magic, it 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 would make sense, especially with Morgan like being a Night Sister and like having that connection somehow. Mm. Yeah, yeah. That was that was obviously what struck first of all because I was like, oh, I don't remember any species or characters that are made of dust or right. smoke. Yeah. And then I was like, oh, Night Sister magic. Obviously, we've seen it used a few times. Yeah. You know, in animation, the green color was a lot more vibrant. So whether yeah. it is or not, we don't. I'm hoping we need to get some clarification on that because that would just seemed a weird way to leave it. Otherwise, wouldn't it? Um, yeah. You know but, what? Um, All the people that were making theories deserve closure. So. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, I hope that they tell us. Maybe what will what'll happen is we'll get a little like um you know on starwars.com how they, they always release like trivia galleries or whatnot or from the episode guides. Yeah. Maybe we'll get a little tidbit into um that or something like a little behind the scenes thing. <laughs> Unless we see him again. That would really be funny as if we all thought that he was killed because he was um sort of animated through magic maybe he's not actually dead <laughs> now that would be fun <laughs> i was saying that out loud I was like wait <laughs> anyway that would that would be another long list of disney fake out deaths that we've had yeah, recently no, specifically uh, <laughs> star wars fake outs <laughs> well doing yeah. them all over the place we had it secret invasion yeah. um and now we're yeah. getting it here again so they seem to be on a theme with this at the moment so maybe yeah. maybe not too far off with that um, yeah I, th- I thought, yeah, it's been so so much fun listening to everyone theorize about who this mm-hmm. dude was, and then they just, and then this, he gets killed. Yeah. I'm not gonna say fairly quickly, but again, Ahsoka has no real trouble dispatching of an Inquisitor. She didn't even draw out a second lightsaber. She yeah. was just, like, I'm just gonna use one on you because, like, yeah, you're not worthy of two. So, um, <laughs> yeah. But then the other characters to stand alongside Marek, obviously, mm. we've got Bailey and we've got Shin. Um, Shin's been an interesting one because she. She has an interesting dynamic between her and Morgan that I think we're going to see maybe a little bit more over the next few episodes. Because yeah. um, if Morgan is to die in this series, I've got one of two people that are going to kill her. One could be Thrawn, I think. For some reason, oh. she's. I've always had it that somehow she's going to fail Thrawn in the next few episodes, and, and Thrawn's going to be like, I don't tolerate be failure. Yeah. Um, and kills yeah. her. Or this interesting dynamic they've had between Morgan and Shin, and Shin's going to be like, had enough of her. 
and oh. and strikes her down. Um, have you been thinking about Shin in this? Because to be fair, weirdly, she's been all over TikTok in terms of everyone's like, "Hello, hot new person to uh, to, to to thirst over a That's little bit." Amazing! Um, I did not know that. I'm obviously um, on a weird side of Star Wars hot hot TikTok. Um, you're on Star Wars hot TikTok. <laughs> I um, love it. Yeah. Oh. So, but what how have you been feeling about this character? Because I've actually quite enjoyed her. She seems mm. to obviously. I mean, she's. I guess as a, as a general character, she's been fairly one or two dimensional. She's not. They've mm. not exactly explored a lot about her. Sure. But she seems to be striking uh, um, every time she's on on screen. Yeah. It's funny going into the show. I was having had my reservations about the other character, the known characters, um, like Ahsoka Harris Bean, I was actually most excited to get to know Balin and Shin the most because they are new characters. And um, I found Reva really compelling and uh, just in general, they've done a really good job with some of our villain characters recently. Um, so yeah, I was really excited to get to know more about them. I hope that we still do. Currently, I think that yeah, both the characters are really compelling when they are on screen. Like they're they're you know holding their own. Um, I think that uh, I find it funny. Shin's got quite the like gaze on her when she's like mm. in fight mode. It's like oh my gosh, do not lose her. <laughs> do not like unlock your eyes from her or she's gonna kill you like they, everyone's gonna be very focused or Sabine specifically I guess um but yeah she's been she's been a good sort of adversary and I find her dynamic specifically with Balin very interesting um like just the two of them as characters that have their own motivations and own beliefs and, and like I like that they're not inquisitors um and that they are, you know, former Jedi who are then hired as mercenaries. Like, I just think that makes them more interesting. Because we've definitely seen a number of Inquisitors now at this point. Um, so then having Maroc in there as like a little mm -hmm. bonus is kind of fun. You know, there's like just a mixture of, there's a <laughs> mixture of bad guys all around between Morgan and then obviously we're going to get Thrawn. Then you, yeah, there's like, there's just a lot going on in the, on the, on the dark side or bad guy side of things. So. Yeah. Yeah, um, I, I like that. I think what's interesting between you know Balin and Shin is that we obviously know Balin is a you know, survivor of Order sixty six, and mm. he's obviously he's not gone. For, you know, he's obviously not a Sith. We know that they're not Siths because he can still have obviously dark side users without them being Siths, and and he's obviously turned that way. But he still seems to have this like glimmer of of a Jedi in him. Obviously, he carries himself very well, like a former an experienced Jedi. Um, and whilst I think everyone's been labeling them really as like dark Jedi, because you know, I, I still don't buy into this whole gray Jedi theory. Um, so dark Jedi, I think, is a better way to describe them. But what's interesting is obviously Shin, you know, she's too young to have been a Padawan during the time of the Jedi. So he's obviously found her you know, post Order 66 and, mm -hmm. and been raising her to, to be a, a Force user. Um, bearing in mind that you know he they claim that they're not jedi you know obviously we see that in episode one where he's pretty pretty brutally like you know, we, we are not jedi and then slaughters an, an entire room full of people yeah but you know shin walks around with a with a, a jedi braid in her hair which we never see on dark side or sith sith apprentices yeah. um so he's obviously still sort of maintaining some level of of jedi training or jedi tradition whilst yeah. being having his own agenda and doing his own thing so but what are your, what are your thoughts on Balin? Because he had a bit more, 
a bit more time in this episode to give us a bit more information about kind of what he was like in terms of, you know, he's seeking greater power, um, but he still believes in the, I almost feels like he believes in the nobility of the Jedi almost because, mm. you know, leading up to this, he's always been like, well, I don't really feel like I should kill Ahsoka. There's so few Jedi left. He seems to have still a little bit of a soft <laughs> yeah. spot there for them. Yeah. But then like when obviously they had their little battle and she kind of half defeats him or grabs the, the map anyway, he goes into rage mode. <laughs> yeah. And this is when he yeah. seems to over, and it's the first time I think really we've seen Ahsoka overpowered in a way during a lightsaber battle as well since mm. she was a young Padawan. So mm. what were your thoughts on Bane in this episode? He is so interesting. Yeah. I, I mean, also um, like Ray is giving, like, I really love his performance and mm. um, Balin's look overall is really cool. Like in his lightsaber and all of that. Um, yeah. I, I find him, I, I guess. Yeah. I'm, I'm definitely like, I'm really drawn to like compelling villains. Um, <laughs> Because I think you bring up a good point, like, he's, you know, sort of, he has his moment where he, like, switches into, like, oh my gosh, I'm gonna do anything now to, like, get this map back, and, like, because he's so focused on the end goal. I hope we get to learn more about that, and, like, just to hear more from him, like, just because he did have, like, such an interesting thing to say, so, yeah, and and his beliefs and all that, um, yeah. I hope we get more of him. Hmm. I did love that moment where after Ahsoka's been knocked off the cliff and he's there chatting with Sabine and he just takes this moment where he seems to like close his eyes and take a big deep breath. Yeah. And he's, he, he's yeah. reached into the force and almost into Sabine's mind to work out, you know, the fact that she doesn't feel like, you know, she's got any family left apart from Ezra and mm. he can obviously you know, help her get him back. And this is where she gives in. So he seems to have this similar force power to Ahsoka where he can just quiet his mind and reach into someone to to almost see what's going on in their heads. Um, which, as far as I'm aware, was was not a particularly um, plentiful trait that a lot of Jedi seem to have in terms of you can sense people's feelings and emotions, but to sense very particular things and, and communicate with someone inside their head seems to have come about to the fore more in this, um, in this new... Uh, New Republic era than it has been before so I still think it was cool though that he sort of does that and to be fair again we mentioned it already but Sabine turns way too easily in this scene for me um, yeah. just dangling yeah. the carrot a little bit and just goes <laughs> oh you know we can get Ezra back together and then uh-huh. you know, and then Shin wakes up and just force chokes her because she's like bitch I am not done with you yet right um, <laughs> yeah um, but then let's chat about Hera and Jason and our good old little yes. friend Chopper, who Chopper, as we know, has been the best crossover into live animation so yep. far. And um, that sassy little droid, uh, you know, he needs to murder some people. We haven't seen him murder someone for no, a while. No, we haven't. So. We're, yes. Chopper needs to up his death count. <laughs> I mean, he's already in the tens of thousands, if not in the hundreds yeah. of thousands already. But you so know, I, I read an we estimation. Gotta we gotta honor his like live action appearance mm. here and get something on screen. So we should, we should hopefully, hopefully, we get something by the end of the show. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah, um, I read an estimation that is 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 death count is somewhere between fifty thousand to about one hundred thirty five thousand. I love those memes. Yes, <laughs> yeah. But um, Hera and and Jason, Jason mm-hmm. Sindula, what are your thoughts on on them so far? Jason's a cutie. Um. He's so sweet. I think that they, it's cool to see him. Like, that's pretty neat. Um, And obviously they've done a very nice job, like, alluding to Kanan. Um, And this is one of those things where, like, 
I feel sad for the people that haven't watched Rebels because they're not going to feel mm. the weight of Hera and Jason's conversation around Jason wanting to help people and be a Jedi like Kanan. Because yeah. um, that was like so touching for like the rest of us. Um, and I think he's even wearing the little shoulder armor yeah, I did as, see well, that as well, yeah. uh, which is like <laughs> just <laughs> so beautiful. Um, yeah, it's funny. I know you're saying that Harris hasn't been your favorite translation from animation to live action. I actually found within this last episode that she grew on me a little bit. Um, I was feeling a very similar way in the first three episodes, but Hera's sassy. And Hera mm. puts her mind to things. So I loved that she was, like, grounding up the troops and getting out of there, you know what I mean? Like, to go help Sabine and Ahsoka. Like, that, that to me is like, yes, that's Hera. Mm. Like, I'm going to hop in the ship and do it. I'm going to hop in my ship and do what I want. Um, granted, like, she certainly had her moments in Rebels where she, you know, looked to the larger rebellion leadership and, and tried to navigate that which is not an easy thing to do as we've seen mon mothma over the years yeah. um you know do that in many forms both for the original rebellion and now with the new republic obviously like we're seeing her in that scene which is cool love mon mothma but yeah um <laughs> yeah i think hera feels more like hera to me when she is like just taking charge of things and and obviously in her her more motherly gentle moments with jason is very like that's just very hera so mm. yeah yeah i mean i'm glad we finally got got to see the ghosts um yep. properly obviously technically this is the third time in live action we've seen the ghost because we got the glimpse of it at the end of rise of skywalker yeah. in, in the battle of exegol we see obviously it very briefly in rogue one um, but to see it properly now, yeah, that was the, yeah. I thought that was a great moment. Again, something that non-Rebels fans don't really feel the weight of or, or get the excitement of because they're like, why is everyone excited about this ship? Yeah. And I'm just like, it's because it's the fucking ghost. It's like, the ghost. It's, um, so yeah. it's good to see that. And I like how as well, like, what was we had in previous episodes with Jason where he's like, I want to help people. I want to be a Jedi. And I have no doubt that he was, you know, no doubt at all that he they were going to make him Force sensitive at some point. Mm. Um but I think this alluded to that in this episode as well. Once the Eye of Sion jets off into hyperspace and he just sits there and kind of looks at Hera and he's like, I've got a bad feeling. Yeah. And he kind of like, yeah, that, that Jedi gut feeling inside of you that's coming out. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. sowing the seeds for future projects. Um, yeah. I did hear an interesting theory that maybe, again, that you know, after this, maybe Jason is sent off to be one of um, Luke's new recruits to the new Jedi Academy, and he <laughs> gets he gets killed by Kylo Ren. No! <laughs> oh my god! No, no, no. You know why that doesn't happen? Because Jason is probably the one flying the ghost at the Battle of Exegol. Because oh, Hera will be a little elderly at that time, and so she may not be flying the ship, Perhaps she's the co-pilot and Jason's the pilot. My friend and I decided that last night <laughs> during. Yeah, I, I did hear this as well, too, fact. I thought that that was better sounding than the than yeah. the cruelty of, um, of of Jason going off to train as a Jedi, being being oh killed in this. Oh my god! And that motivates yeah. Hera to get back in the fight eventually when when the calls put out there for it. So I need some characters to have a happy ending. Hera needs to retire peacefully 
knowing her son is not. <laughs> There's like, no happy murdered. endings in this. Everyone needs to be killed. Off. <laughs> no, <laughs> I'll fight Jay, for it. <laughs> Jason gets killed by by Kylo Ren. You know, in the prequel to the Force Awakens. Um, Hera you know, decides to go off on one because of this. She gets herself killed, and it's actually Zeb and and <laughs> Callus fly, flying the ghosts. Oh my god! Wait, yeah, but like, okay, see, that's what sticks about that is like that would be a happy ending for Zeb and Callus if they're like together flying the ghost. Dang it! Have you um have you not seen all the all the fan art about Zeb and Callus being oh, a couple I'm together? A total shipper, yes. Really, I love them. Hell yeah! <laughs> I love it. I love it so much. Um, I saw actually, I saw the clip the other day where. Uh, it was from Rebels, and the crew was, uh, they discovered that Callus was Fulcrum. <laughs> and I think this, uh, Sabine is like, Callus is Fulcrum? I can't believe it! And then <laughs> Zeb, like, he, like, scratches the back of his head, and he goes, <laughs> oh, I no. think I must have recruited him accidentally. <laughs> and then Ezra goes, yeah, when you were on that ice moon together... I tell ya, <laughs> it's fantastic. Anyway, yeah, it yes, was great. We'll I remember for, that we'll scene. Happy wish, uh, happy ending for um, all the characters. <laughs> <laughs> now, obviously, we did see Zeb in, in that short cameo in um, yeah. at the end of Mandalorian, yeah. uh, chatting to Carson on on that Rebel <gasps> bar. Yes. Um, so a little bit strange, yeah. maybe that I, I thought it, it was a perfect bit here for a little Zeb cameo, mm. and the fact that we see Carson obviously flying out in the next wing alongside yeah. Hera. And you're like, okay, if Carson's here, surely Zeb would have jumped at the opportunity to to support Hera and the Ghost and going after yeah, yeah. after Sabine. So I thought that was maybe a perfect place to have brought Zeb into this series, mm. um, and and have him in there. But I'm not sure Zeb fits in the next wing. To be fair, <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm not I... sure what he's flying around in. So, but um, but yeah, yeah I thought that it was is a perfect a good point. point. <laughs> Would have been the best point to bring him in for a cameo, even if it was for an episode or or two. Mm-hmm. Just don't keep him for the rest of the series, but just have him in yeah. to go. Or he comes into this bit and he's just like, "This is where I'll help you guys out until this issue's dealt with." Yeah. He's battled Thrawn as well. I don't see why Zeb wouldn't be jumping into this into this battle as well. So, yeah, yeah. Um, Maybe we'll see him a little later or something. Yeah. He'll show up with more reinforcements. <laughs> but um, in terms of then Morgan, Morgan Elspeth, she's obviously you know a bit of in and out of these episodes as you know the the catalyst for i love the reveal of her being a night sister to be fair and mm. the, the first sort of live action sort of one that we've had um but in terms of her role moving forward do you think once it's thrawn's return she she does just fall to the side because it's all going to be about thrawn um and he, are you excited for thrawn's return to be fair mm. i think that she is definitely like his second in command or like you know his main head honcho from the other from the other galaxy that he's not in so yeah i'm kind of curious to see i think that she's going to just sort of be like let me do whatever you want like i'm at your you know beck and call um or beck and whim whatever the phrase is yeah um i i I wish she was doing a little bit more, but, like, I understand that we haven't gotten to Thrawn yet, so perhaps she'll, like, I just think that she was really compelling in The Mandalorian, and, like, I loved her fight with Ahsoka, mm. so I'm hoping that we'll kind of get to see more of that Morgan at some point, because um, currently she's just sort of been, like, standing around by that map. 
<laughs> and on her ship. Um, but maybe we'll see more of her. And then in terms of Thrawn, I mean, obviously I'm very excited to have Lars back as mm. um, the vo- not only the voice of Thrawn, but just the, the performer of Thrawn in this case. Um, that's a great thing that they were able to do. It is disturbing how much he looks like Elon Musk. Um, so, you know, we'll deal with that bridge once we get there. But <laughs> we'll cross that bridge once we get to it. But um, we haven't learned too much about Thrawn. Mm. I, I, I'm, 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 I'm interested because I, it's the, what's grown on me about, uh, this is a complete tangent, but what's grown on me a little bit about Nine um, is this idea that Palpatine just had, you know, spent decades building this scarily big army. And I would love a reveal like that. Like, I want to know what Thrawn, if Thrawn has been able to contact his home galaxy, get a map together, get acolytes together of to like do his bidding and then eventually get themselves over to where he is so that he can come back or whatever the play is going to be. If he is able to do all that, I hope that whatever he's been planning is like scary and impressive mm-hmm. because my biggest worry is that it's going to feel like a letdown a little bit. Like if he's just hanging out waiting to return home, it's like, no, you're like scary. Thrawn is a tactician and he's, mm. he's scary. And he caught our rebels, you know, like several times in the show and caught them unaware. So I'm, I'm hoping for something like that just cause that's, that's Thrawn, like, you know, to, to, to be unexpected. Um, so yeah, I guess we're going to find out very soon. They're on their way to the other galaxy, yeah. so we're going to it'll be no time before we find out. Yeah. Well, obviously, I think Thrawn's going to be around for a little while. I think he is going to play um an, an overarching part in maybe the next season of the Mandalorian as well because they're planting all the seeds coming together now because obviously we got the whole yeah. bit towards the end of Mando uh, yeah. Mando season 3 where they had the council of of the the leftover guys from the empire they're talking about mm-hmm. Thrawn's return how it was going to be imminent obviously mm-hmm. we had the build up to the Ahsoka series and it, mm-hmm. and it being in that and obviously we do have the the Dave Filoni film that's going to wrap up all the stories together of you know, Mandalorian, Book of Boba Fett, and Ahsoka. Yeah. I've already been putting my theories forward for what happens in this film in terms mm. of, um, you know, this is going to be you know the the end to all those shows. Some of the characters are going to come to their demise in the show. I've already put down that I think um, that Boba Fett, Thrawn, and Ahsoka will all die in this film. Oh. Because um, to me, this is the film where Thorne's been trying to bring everything together and, and reignite the Empire, but he ultimately does fail, um, and we see out, out of the ashes of this rises the First Order, because it's going to be set right. about 15 years before right. Episode 7, so that's when the First Order starts to sort of maybe kick in. Yep. Um, and obviously, I think Thrawn does have to die in this film. Um, I don't because if he's not there beyond that, then again the questions rise of why wasn't he taking control? What happened with him? Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I've already put forward the theory that Ahsoka dies in this film simply because by the time we get to the Rise of Skywalker, she has already passed away because one of the voices that Ray listens hears when she's wanting to speak to the Jedi that have already died, and she listens to the voices talking to her. So we get obviously Yoda and Obi Wan and Anakin and Kanan. Ahsoka is one of the voices in there. Ashley Eccleston voiced a line I that speaks to her. I thought that we got confirmation that from Dave that she wasn't necessarily dead. 
by the time Rise of Skywalker happened. I will have to uh, dig that up and find yeah, it. Me I too. feel like that is a thing. But that you really think they're going to kill Boba Fett? The Boba Fett? Huh? Well, you have to remember by this stage, he's, I mean, whilst he's not an accelerated clone in terms of his aging, by, by the time we get to this stage, he's going to be in his, like, as a character age and he's pushing towards 60s and 70s. And I don't see them doing too much more with him, to be honest, to getting to this point. So. I feel hey, like this would be a good point for him to be sacrificed. Let, we gotta have him have his happy ending, living off with this Tuscan Raider crew on Tatooine. They're dead. Uh, no, no, they're gone already. He's gonna join them. In, uh, <laughs> <laughs> it, okay, it just well, seems, it just seems like this is a place to wrap up some of those yeah. original storylines and the original characters. Yeah. And yeah. give him a, a big sacrificial martyr ending, so to speak. That well, they're doing will, this for the good. We will find out in a couple of years, and I cannot wait to like find out if the, if you're right. Like that's that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll, I'll have to write some notes then. I'll even refer back to them a couple of years and go, was I right about this? I don't remember. Yeah, make some um, notes now. Stick them on your wall. <laughs> <laughs> um, but then, so I thought overall this. I know you've not been too keen on on the series so far as a whole, but to me, mm. this felt more Star Wars ish than a lot of previous things that they've done more recently. Mm. In terms of, it was a return to the more classic side of Star Wars, lightsaber battles. The the score itself felt very Star Wars like. Um, and I I read a quote earlier on actually that said. Andor and Ahsoka have been showing the best of Star Wars from the two opposite ends of the spectrum. So Andor showed the best of Star Wars from the more grounded element and the more grounded end of Star Wars with the the real life people. Yeah. And then Ahsoka's showing the best of Star Wars from the more fan- fantasy end, you know, the lightsaber battles and digging into the Force side of things. And how are you feeling about that? Because I know that you've not been too keen, but because we're people like us, we're very close to these characters. We right. have an awful lot of knowledge about them. We have an awful lot of feeling towards them. And sometimes that, I'm not saying it's, it's necessarily the case, but sometimes it does backfire on us a little bit because we get too attached and we don't right. see them the way that we think they should have been done. Yeah. But do you agree with this whole thing that we're getting the opposite end of the spectrum from these shows that are displaying what people do have fallen in love with Star Wars about because mm. it's always been a mix of the normals and, and the fantasy side of the Jedi and the Sith yeah. and, and then you've got people like Han Solo and originally Leia before you know, yeah. she became Force sensitive and and the the rebellion itself is that showing yeah. the, the the play of both sides of that in one? That's an interesting thought. I mean, Andor, like you goes without saying, it's phenomenal and some of the best Star Wars there, there is. So that I agree with. I'm hesitant to say that, like, Ahsoka is hitting that fantastical side of things. I think there are elements of it, yes, but I also feel like the Mandalorian had that with the simplicity of simply bringing in Grogu. <laughs> like, yeah. This force sensitive little guy who's cute as cute as heck. And then you've got Mando who has no idea what that is. And like discovering that and learning grow like there was something so so perfect about that. Like seeing what the force is from that perspective almost. I, I guess I worry or not worry. I th- I suppose to me it feels like Ahsoka has a lot of it, 
and a lot doesn't necessarily mean that it's like the best. I don't know. Does that make any sense? Like, no, I know what you mean. I've been I've been enjoying a lot of this, and and who doesn't love a you know, lightsaber battles being thrown in constantly? Yeah, I mean, obviously, yeah, ex- exactly. Like the lightsaber battles is a great example of like <laughs> that's classic Star Wars. Like <laughs> yeah. we all love lightsaber battles, hundred percent. Certain things though, like like let's just say like stuff with the Force. Like I think that the Mandalorian has like the mystery of that that mm. was nailed by Mando as a show. Um, but. Uh, you know, for me, I, I think parts of Ahsoka, just with all of the moving pieces, is a little confusing. Or, like, I wish that more time was devoted to, like, each, pieces, each piece of it, in a way. Mm. Um, and maybe I would feel that way if, you know, like, a lot more time or whatever had been put into establishing, like, Ahsoka and Sabine's relationship. Or even, yeah. you know, I had said earlier, like, I really would love to know more about Balin and Shen. Like, if we could even be seeing scenes with the two of them, like, talking about, like, the things that Balin was then saying to Ahsoka about his beliefs and, like, their their ultimate goal and stuff. So, yeah, I... I I I also think there's a you know we haven't seen half of Ahsoka yet so I may be wrong I may I may change my tune once we see the rest of it you know kind of got to see the whole thing play out as a, to look at it as like a whole mm. of a story so yeah I'm intrigued mm. to, I'm definitely you know gonna keep watching and like I am very intrigued to see what they do with it absolutely. There was one thing left to talk about this episode that we haven't touched on. Oh my god, yeah. Huh? <laughs> the end of this episode. The man himself. <laughs> <laughs> so, first of all, we get what was a beautiful transition of looking over the cliff and the water into mm. Ahsoka lying down in the yeah. world between worlds. So, again, if you've not seen Rebel together, you're completely lost about what this place is and what it does and the significance of it. And, qu- quite frankly, the scary power of it, <laughs> to be fair. Mm. Um but then, you know, we get this, hey, Snips. And she's straight away, she's like, Master? Even after all these years, she was still calling that straight away. And then turn around, and we get this fantastic look of episode three, Anakin Skywalker. Um, we do, They did a great little job of just doing a little bit of de-aging on him, which they didn't do in the Kenobi series, when we had the flashback of, of an episode two Anakin. Mm. Um, and, and obviously... You know, the, the whole thing is like, I didn't expect to he- see you so soon. Um, but, the, you know, getting Anakin Skywalker in this episode, we, like I said, we knew it was coming, but I, I wasn't necessarily expecting to see it so soon either in yeah. this um, in the series. Tell me, what were your thoughts when, the, when this little bit happened? Well, to begin, like you were saying, I was so surprised that we saw him this soon, but I was also very surprised that we saw him in the world between worlds. That got like all of us are gonna have our heads spinning for the next week while we try and figure <laughs> out what the heck is going on because next week's episode is hopefully gonna provide some much needed answers. I mean the first thing that was going through my head was like, is she dead? Hmm. Is he a force ghost? He doesn't look like he's glowing like force ghost, which means well, why are they in the world between worlds? Like is he appearing to her as a ghost? Is he not? Is she dead? Is she not? I had so many questions. Um, to, truthfully, I don't love the de-aging. I don't... I, I first saw it and I, I laughed. 
I feel really bad, <laughs> but I laughed. It took me back. It took me completely out of the moment. Um, I don't think it looks very good, personally. It looks a little, like, too polished. Like, he kind of looks... I would have preferred um, just Hayden, the way, like, the way they shot Obi-Wan. Um, mm. to, to me, I remember seeing... Or I should say, I don't remember seeing a ton of people complaining about Hayden, like in it, him being "quote unquote" old, yeah, because he's not old. <laughs> but I, I don't personally, when I when Konobi was airing, I don't remember seeing a lot of that feedback. So if that was feedback that was out there, like I certainly didn't see any of it. So it surprised me that you know from a couple years in between Kenobi and now that they decided to go that route. Um, but maybe he's going to look different. Like, we're just getting, like, one angle. Yeah, like, yeah. obviously, we have, we're have we going to have a whole scene, several scenes, probably, with them in the next episode. So, you know, um, I also wouldn't be surprised if this is one thing that they sort of continue to tweak, like, on Disney+. Plus. You know how, like, we've definitely, there have definitely yeah. been some Marvel stuff where they've gone back and, like, changed. Or it was, like, the She-Hulk trailer or something. <laughs> like, certain things about... Certain thing, or the infamous one being like that Sonic the Hedgehog's like oh, design yeah, yeah. was completely changed. Anyway, I'm just kind of curious if they <laughs> if that's something that they'll end up doing with Anakin mm. for this episode. But I think we should talk about the Vader theme at the end, yes. the little cue yes. there, which again was another reason why I was concerned because why are they playing the Vader theme if he is Force Ghost Anakin and he is like good Anakin? Why are they playing like, like a scary? you know, bad music. Oh, it's, it's making me stressed. <laughs> well, it is interesting because a lot of people are saying that you couldn't see the scar on Anakin's sort of like you know, forehead that he had before. Oh, I, yeah. I'm pretty sure I did see it. It was very faint because his hair yeah. is the way it's dark, but I'm sure it was there. The yeah. other interesting point was the lightsaber hilt on his on his belt did not look like Anakin's saber. Oh, it looked really? A, it, was, it was darker. It looked like it had more black on it. It looked a bit more possibly like Vader's help than it did Anakin's. <gasps> Definitely didn't look like Anakin's for sure. I mean, <gasps> I've, got both, I've got both of them behind me. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so I, yeah, I, yeah it definitely, it definitely yeah. had more black to it. And so it definitely didn't look like Anakin's. And that cue, yeah, like you said, the Vader theme cue yeah. at the end throws into doubt, you know, what the situation, because there's been a long time rumor that there was going to be either a flashback scene or a vision sort of type scene in this yeah. series where the, Mustafar battle between Anakin and Obi-Wan would happen, but with Ahsoka in Kenobi's place. Um, and and so sort oh. of like if, if 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 Ahsoka had been there instead of Kenobi, what would have happened sort of scenario. And if now we're in the world between worlds, there's a possibility that that could potentially happen. That's some Mortis shit right there. Yeah. Yeah. I just got like the chills. <laughs> Whoa. Um, That's recreating, wild. recreating that whole that whole battle, but between mm. Ahsoka and Anakin instead of Kenobi is is an int- an intriguing choice. Um, what makes hey. it more interesting though is they recently just released a book, literally came out this week. Um, I don't know if you've read any of the um, from a certain point of view books. They did one mm-hmm. for A New mm-hmm. Hope. They did one for Empire Strikes Back. They just released one for Return of the Jedi. And in there is a very short story um, called Brotherhood by a guy called Mike, Mike Shin. I think he's just done a novel called Brotherhood, about Anakin and Obi-Wan just mm-hmm. after the start of the Clone Wars. Yes. And he follows this up with a short story in this book, and it's about Anakin as he dies in episode six, about how he falls into the Force. Oh and my he god. he reconnects with Kenobi in the Force. 
and that whole bit about their conversation that happens within the force before they then appear to Luke um, at the end in that scene after and, and what happens just, just after it. Um, so Anakin in this story is like he, in, in the short story, he's learning to let go of, of everything that drove him before to, to be a bad person and him realizing all the bad that he'd done because he turned back to Anakin. And how Kenobi's almost like absolving everything and he's absolved in the force of all this. And, and you know, they, he just goes back to realizing the comfort and, and, and joy he had of, of having Kenobi around him as his brother, as his master and stuff. Yeah. And so if this is a force ghost type situation with Anakin, to, for it to be bad Anakin or a Vader type Anakin almost wouldn't make sense after this story has just come out this week. Right. So because this is a canon story as well. So this is me delving into the depths of the Force and the depths of, yeah. of Star Wars knowledge and canon. But yeah. to me, it would then go against... I'm not, I'm not expecting a lot of people to have read this already or know about it. So it's just one of those things that, yeah, it would then go against these like stories. And if it is about it, if it if it's a Force ghost Anakin that's portraying you know, Sith, his Sith traits, then that doesn't sit with this story for me. But if it's... Yeah an illusion of Ahsoka's mind in the world between worlds. That would make more sense to me of, of a bad Anakin yeah. or a Vader type Anakin because after the trauma that she went through. Because we have to remember at the end, in the Twilight of the Apprentice and Rebels, you know, when she discovers obviously the whole thing going on with the Sith Temple, the fact that she battles the Inquisitors and she battles more, and then she battles Vader, and then she's pulled out from by... Um, by Ezra into the world between worlds and has to go up against Palpatine. For for her, all that happened in like the space of a few hours. Yeah, and she was probably still dealing with that years down the line. So it would make sense that she's pulled back into the world between world and she's having and this is all a manifestation of her mind in a way. Hmm. I I agree. I don't. I think that they are not going to do anything to severely change or impact the films. There's no way. Yeah. There's no way. So, I saw a theory earlier that was like, it's Return of the, or it's Revenge of the Sith, Anakin, something, something about that. And like, just this, there's this large implication that I can't picture this Anakin being anything except Force Ghost Anakin because they there's no way they would do something drastic enough to change Anakin's storyline as we've seen it thus far. Like to me, there's no way. Um, so I my honestly, what I'm thinking is that it's just Return of the Jedi Anakin in Force Ghost form, and they decided to play the cue Vader's cue at the end to indicate to a to an audience that hey reminder like this Anakin guy like you know what I mean it's like a not that anyone watching this wouldn't know that Anakin is Vader <laughs> right but like hypothetically it's kind of like a fun it's kind of like it's a cue or like a little fun nod I'm at least that's my hope my hope is that the, yeah. that va that music cue doesn't have any more have doesn't have any meaning to it necessarily yeah because it's all the theories floating around. I'm like, oh man, like this is stressful. <laughs> like we thought Morocco was, you know, putting us through the ringer. This <laughs> is gonna be way worse over the next week. <laughs> With all the theories. I'm incredibly impatient now for next week's episode. I know, right? <laughs> Everyone knows Anakin Vader is my guy, so anything yeah. with him and is gonna boost my anticipation for yeah. it. So, but yeah, I, I kind of agree. Any, you know. 
I think they could go either way in terms of it being either a vision inside of Sophie's mm. head or it being forced ghost Anakin. Either way. Yeah, totally. Um, it, it could go either way on that one. But I do want to see like a forced ghost Anakin guiding her and, and saying, hey, you know, it's inevitable now that Thrawn's going to come back. This is how you can sort of defeat him if you go down this path sort of way, especially since they're doing it in the world between worlds because you know, yeah. don't want them changing anything. Obviously, not necessarily change the past or yeah. anything like that. Yeah. But... Yeah, obviously we just have to wait and see, don't we? We uh, mm-hmm. we don't write these on sales, unfortunately. We're not privy to uh, to the script, Ugh. so um, we will just have to wait and see. I mean, any any last thoughts about what you want to come out of this series? I don't even know. I am just in it to absorb it and try and make sense of it. Um, I I will say. What has helped me in watching this has been to continuously remind myself that, like, this is a separate portrayal of these characters. Um, Like, and this goes for anyone who, like, honestly, I think, like, if you don't like the new movies, like, that doesn't change the original ones that you love so much, so... I hope I didn't come off as too negative during any of our conversation um, in this last hour, but uh, I truly, like, I just love the animated shows so much, so, you know, obviously we all would want things to translate from how what meaning we give them in our hearts and minds. Mm-hmm. So much of how we consume media is what we in our brains put onto it, so obviously we all want that translation to be, you know, what it is in our in our brains um so at the end of the day i am here to just like continue enjoying the star wars that i love um watching the rest of it you know figuring it out learn you know that's kind of the beauty about being able to have this show like in the way that we're getting it is that i can watch these episodes again and again and like take something else from it each time so i do genuinely want to do that with this show i think that you know as we get the final episodes and get the full series it's going to be one of those that i that i watch again just to try and um like do as you were doing and and put meaning to things that maybe i was like confused about or struggling with or something so yeah i'm i'm looking forward to it nice i saw today that they've announced that um, episode five next week is going to be shown in selected cinemas across the the country you jump on that or you're not that bothered (laughs) Um, do you know what? There is one. It's not that close to me. So to be honest, I think it would be a little bit of a hassle to get there. Um, and yeah, I honestly, I don't even know, like just timing wise, if I would even make it like that in and of itself is a logistical nightmare. Um, and yeah, uh, I think I will be fine from my couch, but yeah. (laughs) As will I. I've no, they said internationally as well. I have no idea if they're going to be showing it over here. If it's somewhere yeah. near me, I might try and try and do it. Because yeah. um, first Disney Plus show to show an episode yeah, of anything of in a cinema. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd rather they did it for the finale rather than a random. I mean, I think they're making a big deal out of it because we're getting thrown in the next episode. You know, this is ah. this this episode. The next one coming up is the only other episode of this series that Dave Filoni is directing. He did episode one. He's doing episode five. And to me, this is why we get thrown on this episode because. Him himself would not want anyone else to have the introduction of Thrawn. Yeah. 
other than himself. Yeah, so totally. <laughs> I think you know he's doing it because he, we're going to get Thrawn, and, and then they're putting it in a cinema because they think it's going to be a big deal. Whether it's the introduction of Thrawn and then this whole thing with Anakin and Ahsoka, it seems to be that they're marketing this up to be a pretty big episode. Wow. So yeah, I'm super excited for it. Um, Michelle, thank you so much for coming on. I know it's thank it's late over there me. for you. It's um it's getting creeping closer to midnight, and it's ridiculously early in the morning for me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I nonetheless really appreciate you coming on. Um, thank it's you been for fantastic me. to have you for the second time now. Um, you join an, an elite list of um of two or three people that I've had on a couple of times now. So I really really do appreciate it. It's been been a, lovely it. to have you on. Tell everyone at home exactly where they can find you online. Oh my goodness. Um. Well. Uh. I'm trying to think social media these days platforms have changed and all of that so i would say first and foremost um you could find me on instagram at ahsoka Extano. if you want to check out my podcast that's at fulgrim's broadcast yeah nice 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 not worrying about twitter or threads or threads that died a death within three days of coming out oh my um. <laughs> i am you know what i am one of those guilty parties of making an account and being like this is great <laughs> and then i realized that's another app and i was I'm out. <laughs> I was like, I'm going to give it a couple of weeks and see if this progresses anything. And then, because I saw everyone else yeah. jumping on it. And then I was, yeah, after three days, I didn't see anyone bothering it again. So I was Literally. like, I'm not even, not even bothered about I think threads, that they so. should have put it in the main Instagram app. But they didn't ask me and I'm not their developer. So, yeah. Wow. <laughs> Um, yeah everyone everyone give michelle a follow she you know she does a, a good amount of posting on her Sega x tano page and she always posts about the different comic cons and and other things that she gets to go to yeah. and a little bit of cosplay that you do here and there as well so um, definitely worth a follow and obviously give her a show a listen as well thank michelle you. thank you so much for coming on i will of course be back next week with the uh the second half of the season kicking off with episode five of ahsoka can't wait to see what happens next week's episode with Anakin. Right. Um, until then, everyone, take care. I'll catch you later. Bye.